0: Hello there, and welcome back to my weekly show. I'm Father Roderick, recording on a rainy Friday afternoon here in the Netherlands. But thanks to the wonders of green screen, I've got a sunny beach as a background today. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Enjoy. Today's show, just like all my other shows, are brought to you thanks to my patrons, those of you that support me on a monthly basis, and I'm happy to welcome a few new Patreon members uh, on uh, on today's show. And I want to mention by name, Scott, Jamie, uh, Twan from the Netherlands, and Michael. Uh, the four of you have uh, have decided to join me or to join the community and to join me in my mission to reach out to as many people as I can reach with fun content that is entertaining but also inspiring. Thank you so much for your sometimes very generous support. And as a thank you, I want to give you access to my weekly show Father Roderick to the max that is only uh, available to my patrons. And also... Take a look at the discord server many of you have joined the discord so many of you patrons have joined the discord server last week and so it's fun to see such a vibrant community uh, on that platform that allows you to reach me much more easily we can hang out there we can chat and the community also hangs out Uh, amongst themselves so it's it's a really uh, great addition i'm so happy that i've been able to uh, to set that up as well for my patrons you know what's going on this is what's happening in your world face it catholics rule we got boston south america the good part of ireland and we're making serious inroads in mozambique baby you've taken your first step into a larger world Before I get to to this week's news, I just want to briefly answer a question from Noah in the chat who wants to know, is Discord only for patrons, or do you get a better rank on on Discord? Um, Actually, the Discord server is just for my patrons, and there is a reason for that. Uh, I'm a priest, and uh, a patron, or let's say Discord, is a very open system. So if people uh, join you and you don't know them, as a priest, site you, you sometimes get a lot of uh, noise, a lot of, uh, I don't know, discussion that you don't want to have. So I want to really protect that community uh, so that everybody feels safe to be there. Um, so that is why uh, there is an automatic uh, link between the, the patronage and the Discord server. As soon as you become a patron, uh, you get access to uh, Discord. And there are different ranks of different levels of support and that gives you like a a different title and a different color that's that's all all right uh, talking about the news um, there uh, let's let's start with what's happening in my own life the news of this week I've been working really hard um, stripping the floors of my rectory I, j- I just recorded, a, a, let's say, an audio tour of my rectory before I started recording uh, this weekly show, and you can listen to it on, on the n- newest episode of The Walk that you can find over at fatherroderick.com, which is my, uh, my main website. Uh, the reason is I'm going to get new floors, all new floors. There was very old carpet, and it was uh, stained, and I think at least 40 years old, so finally found some time during these summer weeks to uh to remove it actually i didn't remove it myself hank uh one of my friends helped me with that and i think this upcoming monday there's a crew uh coming over that are that is going to install um a a new wooden floor or actually fake fake wood um but it's it's gonna look much much nicer than what i had and, uh, well, I talk a, a lot about these changes uh, on, on, on the episode of The Walk, so take a look at that. I'm also super excited that I finally have a, a fantastic green screen setup. So I've got new lights uh, that I was able to purchase, thanks to the patrons, uh, called uh, Elgato Key Light Airs. I've got two of them sitting right there next to my monitor. Um, and that light enables me to stream with a green screen day and night. So it doesn't really matter what what kind of type of weather it is. Normally, in the past, I had to wait for uh, at least for daylight so I could light the the green screen. And even then, the image would often be a little bit, uh, uh, I don't know, low-quality and grainy. With these lights, I can finally stream at any time of the day. I've also installed um, a teleprompter, which is an awesome little device. It's like a, a slanted mirror, And the camera films me through the mirror. But it also means that I can slide in um, my old iPhone with an app that that, uh, projects a script onto the mirror. I'm not using it right now, of course, because (laughs) there is no way that I could uh, script an entire episode of my podcast. I used to do that in the earliest days of my podcasting. I would write down everything because I wasn't very fluent in English back then and I was uncertain and I didn't have the the experience I guess so I would write out the entire show and it sounds so stilted if I go back to those early days of podcasting and that was around 2005 I think I can barely listen to myself but f- sometimes uh for YouTube videos you want something that is a bit more concise more to the point not too much banter that is why I'm happy that I can now use a teleprompter to uh to project a script that I've written myself. So I, I kind of write, I try to make it, uh, I try to write it in such a way that it sounds as if I'm making it up on the spot. But in fact, it is actually very well prepared. And that hopefully will also improve the quality of my, uh, my daily YouTube videos. In case you're not following me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Father Roderick. So um, the other thing that I'm doing um, this week is I'm designing a new kitchen. So I'm going to since I now work full time uh on the on the ground level of the rectory I'm going to move my kitchen upstairs but that enables me to to create a new one or well I'm not going to create it but I'm going to design a new kitchen and I want to make one that is I want to make the kitchen that I've always dreamt about, Um, and unfortunately, I've never had such a kitchen, so it's a lot of fun. I've been to IKEA the other day uh, looking at all the options, and I think I know what kind of configuration I want. Now I need to calculate the price, and I'm kind of holding my breath because it's not going to be cheap. But then again, a kitchen is one of the places where you are every single day, multiple times a day. Um, and I love cooking and having a good kitchen is going to add a lot of fun to that process of cooking so i'll keep you up to speed on that as well in future episodes and of course i've got a kitchen segment on on Father Roderick to the Max which, which is the patreon show i'll stop <laughs> plugging my patreon account by now but uh, but there will be a lot of cooking in my future let's talk about the things that are going on in the real world well not that my life is not the real world but I want to talk briefly about the unexpected sudden death of uh, someone who is uh, loved universally loved in the television world Grant Imahara he was he's most known for his role as a co-host of the Mythbuster show uh, for 10 years he co-hosted that show. Um, very enthusiastic, vibrant personality. He was only 49 years old. And he suddenly died uh, a couple of days ago um, as a result of a brain aneurysm. And it sh- sent shockwaves through, uh, through, through the world. Um, not only was he well-known for his co-hosting of uh, the myth- of Mythbusters... Um, But he was also a a very talented mechanic. And so he worked for Lucasfilm and ILM. um, uh, During the prequel saga, when the prequel saga was being produced, he was the one who updated the mechanics of the old R2-D2 droids. So the R2-D2 droids were were fabricated, of course, for the original uh, trilogy. Then when they started to film uh, the prequels... Um, they wanted to get rid of all the, the that me- all the all the mechanics that were hampering uh, the 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 filming of the of the old trilogy. Uh, it was a well known fact that the R two units, because there were multiple ones, were always failing and breaking down, um, and 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 uh, uh, causing so many delays. It was all because, well, back then in the 70s when they filmed the, the original Star Wars trilogy, um, they just didn't have the, the the quality mechanics that they have now. So he worked hard on completely upgrading R2-D2 and even operated R2-D2, R2-D2 during some of the uh, film shoots. So if you see R2-D2, it's also thanks to the work of, of Grant Imahara. So the entire Star Wars community was also mourning his... Uh, Sudden departure from from this world. So he worked on uh, several very well known movies: The Lost World, Jurassic Park, uh, the prequels, Galaxy Quest. He was also involved in that movie, um, Artificial Intelligence, a Steven Spielberg uh, movie that was uh, littered with with a great CGI and and also a lot of. Uh, a lot of robots that were used, and they were actually built specifically for that movie and for the scenes. It was not just CGI. Um, He also uh, worked on Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, The Matrix Reloaded, and Matrix Revolutions, Van Helsing, which is a movie I still haven't uh, seen yet. And then the most recent work that he did is still available on Netflix, and it was um, uh, a... A series called the White Rabbit Project. It was meant to be a bit like MythBusters, but uh, it only uh, was done for one season, and then Netflix canceled it because it just didn't get to the to the uh, didn't meet the expectations, I guess, of Netflix of being kind of the new uh, Mythbuster, MythBusters. There, there are a, th- a few things that struck me when I read about his death. First of all. He died of a, a brain aneurysm. That is the same affliction that almost killed my dad when I was still a 12-year-old boy. Uh, I re- still remember it vividly. We were on vacation, in, uh, on ski vacation, winter vacation, in Switzerland. And my father had been suffering from heavy migraines. Um, now, that was nothing new. He's always had migraines during his life most of them stress related in this case it turned out to be something else turned out there was a one of the arteries in his uh, in his brain had weakened and it broke and so he got an aneurysm was rushed to the hospital um uh, our entire vacation was over of course and then he was in the hospital for many many weeks recovering in the netherlands and uh, uh, the rest of his life he has um, been under uh, much more stricter surveillance because aneurysms can can return. This this is something that can uh, happen multiple times in your life. So he's always lived a little bit with that, you know, uncertainty: is this going to happen again? Uh, the damage to his brain w- at first was pretty extensive. Um, it hit also his language centers, which often um, often happens. Uh, with aneurysms and it's only gradually that his brain um, started to re- remake connections um, and so his ability to speak um, improved over time uh, but there were still moments where he had to search for words and uh, there were uh, even much much later many years later you could still sometimes uh, see the effects of uh, of the aneurysm. it also changed his, his character in a certain way, his behavior. Um, He had much more difficulty dealing with stress. Um, And also, uh, I mean, he was a very intelligent uh, um, academic, my father. Uh, um, But there were, when there was too much information, there was just overload. And that was definitely also part of of the damage of the aneurysm. It's only much, much later, that I realized that I could have lost my father to that aneurysm during that vacation. I could have been, an, uh, well, at least, well, not, not an orphan, because my mom is still there, but I could have lost my father um, because of that aneurysm. It was so dangerous, and it's, it's almost a miracle that he survived. Uh, so that was the first thing that, that struck me when I, when I heard about uh, uh, the death of, um, of Grant uh, Imahara. Second thing was that it made me realize again how fragile we are. Uh, and so how quickly... Th- this guy is almost my age. He's 49 years old. I'm 52. This could happen to me as well. Uh, even though you, you may run marathons, but this is something that is... If, if you don't know that that this is going on, the only thing that they saw uh, that, w- that kind of was a prelude to the aneurysm that killed him were, were these migraines. Um, and they didn't recognize it as the something that was kind of announcing this aneurysm in his brain um so you always tend to think that you will live uh, to die at a very uh old age but nothing is given in this life so it's important to make to make sure that you do the right thing right now um don't postpone until next year wh- what you really want to do or what you need to do this year you never know how long you're going to live the third thing that i wanted to briefly mention is what that it was so touching to see the tribute to to Mahara. Mahara. none of those tributes concerned the quality of his work or the amount of time that he would uh, work late at night everybody said this was such a generous nice fun guy to hang out with so the way people remember him is for 90 percent based on his behavior on his kindness on his joy uh on his infatuous enthusiasm and not based on the on his work and so that is another important lesson to keep in mind what 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 does it really matter that you work all these extra hours that you forget about the things that truly matter in life and sacrifice it for just to make a little bit more money or or think of all the concerns and the, the things that you're worried about what of that list of worries truly matters in the end not much not much and so um This past week, and I talk a little bit more about this on the walk, I sat down to do a bit of soul searching, and I I wrote down everything that bothers me, everything that that takes away my energy. And on the other side, I tried to make a list of all the things that give me energy, that make me happy, that make other people happy, that have to do with my real mission in life. And it was so good to make that list. And I've done this in the past, but it was just so good to see the things that i'm that I'm actually that are frustrating that I complain about all the time none of those things matter. I don't want to rem I don't want to be remembered by those things, by those grievances, by those little conflicts And so it, it was another wake-up call focus on the positive focus on on your contribution to the world focus on on what joy you can bring to the people around you instead of Letting yourself be consumed by all the worries, none of that ultimately matters. so Grand Mahara uh, may he rest in in peace. another a little bit of news, um much less important, of course, ultimately, was this huge twitter hack um, <laughs> this happened I think in. In the evening, or at least uh, I discovered it early in the morning because it was all over the news that uh, more than a hundred very well-known people had their Twitter accounts hacked by a Bitcoin uh, uh, gang, Uh, and so they were posting as if they were—I don't know—Barack Obama or John or Biden or um, I don't think the president of the united states was hacked but uh, uh elon musk and um the, the, the thing is you, you were promised something that, that was way too good to be true like if you deposit $1000 on this uh uh on this account i will give you back double it and apparently some people fell for it this again everyone can be hacked <laughs> if you've seen uh a Mr Robot this actually happened and uh, was predicted in Mr Robot and, and so we should be we should know by now that if something sounds too good to be true it almost always is so don't give away your money to people that you've never met in person actually don't ever give away money like that without checking if it's if it's really true um and be careful because this is this is this is greed I think that made people react to this and and give their uh, their money away to these, these 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 bitcoin gangsters um it's the same as these these email scams just know that y- that you always have to check your sources and it's rare nowadays that that we fall for these uh For these scams but it still happens all the time and even twitter is not safe and this will happen again in the future and we all know that this is this is just a scam to extort money from people but this is also happening on the level of politics and uh, social media there is no social network that is entirely safe everything can be hacked everything can be manipulated so be conscious of that be aware of that be prudent and always check even when it comes to news, check the sources. Is this really true? Is this photo a real photo or has it been manipulated? These, these headlines, always read the article and check it instead of just reacting to the headlines and then just getting all upset. There is a lot of money that is made nowadays um, that taps in, into this outrage culture where we, we, we retweet and we comment on stuff even without really reading it or really listening it. There is, I think, a lot of uh, value to the, this old Christian uh, virtue of, of prudence. Taking time. Don't let other people rile you up like that. Just take your time. Count to 100. Say a prayer for those that you hate and then react. That will save the world a lot of pain. And with that, I think it is time to move, or, move over to... Uh, the world of movies and TV shows. And I'm gonna give you a review of a series that I've been checking out on Prime Video, and I was so happy to discover that it was back on Prime. It's not been available on streaming services here in the Netherlands for years, but now it's back, and I discovered it thanks to my friend John Domek, talking about the X-Files. I do not like movies. They're predictable, like the guy gets the girl, and that kid sees dead people, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a vacation I'm going to give it to you. So, X-Files was on TV when I was still in seminary, and so I have not watched many episodes. Every once in a while, I'd be with my parents or during the summer holiday, and I would catch an episode or uh, one or two, never really followed the series. And so there was this, um, I mean, it ran for about 11 seasons, and they just recently they did another season of The X-Files. Uh, and it was all about these paranormal uh, phenomena, uh, UFOs, etc., Stuff that, as a child, I was fascinated with, and I, 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 so hoped that one day I could see a UFO with my own eyes, and I would stare at the skies for for days, and hoping to see the, You know, I, I just wanted to be part of the group of, um, of of the, the, this small elite of uh, elite group of people that have actually seen a UFO for real. So when the X Files uh, became a hit, I was. Intrigued, and I, I wish I could have seen it when it aired originally. Now I have since then turned into a skeptic. That that may sound a bit weird for someone who is a priest and is supposed to believe in a lot of invisible things, but um, being a believer doesn't mean that you are suddenly prone to believing in any, in anything or everything. Uh, we're also rational beings. God gave us a brain and gave us science, and so. Um I'm actually uh, I enjoy uh, listening to a lot of of podcasts about you know that debunk a lot of the of these things that we think uh, may may be there. Um so yeah, could there be unidentified flying objects? Sure. It doesn't mean that they're from outer space. You know, it doesn't mean that there are uh, aliens involved. Um unexplained unidentified doesn't mean there won't be a time that we will be able to explain what's going on. And that's true also for a lot of so-called paranormal um, uh, things. Do I believe that there is more than what is visible? Of course. What about love? It is invisible. You can only see the effects. But do I believe that love exists? Yes, by all means. So do I believe that God exists? Yes. (laughs) Do I understand? No. No. but uh on, on on when it comes to a lot of the uh beliefs that some people hold i'm, I'm pretty skeptical and it's, it's it's very interesting to sometimes see and read about uh these these phenomena and seeing how scientists are trying to come up with explanations and because it also helps you to not be credulous and and to use science to try to probe what you don't understand. Well, that that is kind of the premise of the X Files, where um, these two detectives, the FBI, these two FBI uh, um, detectives are, are are trying to solve the secret behind stuff that sometimes is qualified as an X file. So kind of a. Um, uh, a label for everything that that pertains to the world of uh, of the paranormal or the extraterrestrial. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Mulder who firmly believes that UFOs are real and then you've got Scully who is uh, more skeptical and always tries to first tries to find out if there is a rational explanation for what they have witnessed and experienced. That combination of the the believer and the skeptic really, really works. The dynamic, is is, that's just a fantastic idea for a television series. Um, What also I think makes this series such an amazing accomplishment is the quality. And that is where I was blown away by um, the version that you can find on, or at least in my country you can find on Amazon Prime. It is a remastered version so the first few seasons originally aired on t- TV in a time where uh, widescreen TVs were very, very rare. Almost everyone had these big, bulky TVs that had um, uh, four by three dimensions. And so, even though film was already like cinema, etc., the- theatrical releases were all filmed in the sixteen by nine or even twenty-one by. 21 by 10, I think, uh, proportions. What you saw on television was almost always cropped. Or it was filmed in that aspect ratio. Think of uh, Star Trek, The Next Generation, for instance. That is entirely filmed in 4 by 3. Whereas nowadays, that is is something we don't use anymore. However, the X-Files, even though it was aired in a cropped version, the first seasons were actually filmed on, on real film, Using the sixteen by nine proportions, and this remaster has brought back that entire, the full extent of what was filmed. And they always filmed it, knowing that it would be on TV in four by three. But that maybe eventually they would be, they would show the entire sixteen by nine frame. And it is a, such an improvement. Not to mention that the quality, because this was made on film, and they didn't use. You know, video recorders, which was all the rage back then, but they really paid for film. Um, it still holds up. It's so sharp. It's The quality is so good. The colors are so amazing. Not to mention the cinematography is so good. Um, it blows me away, and I'm hooked. I've been watching four episodes now, and I know that I'm going to finish all 11 or whatever, 12 seasons. It's that good. And I'm enjoying it not just for the storytelling, which is really good. The pacing is good. But also, I'm just looking at what they did with so, so with such limited means. They didn't have a big budget. And yet, the way it was filmed, the cinematography, they used so many tricks to make it look as basically a, a movie. And um, you can learn a lot as an aspiring cinematographer just by by trying to figure out how they filmed The X-Files. Um, let me just play a little bit of the, of the trailer here. Uh, this is the original trailer from 1998. What do you do? I'm an annoyance to my superiors, a joke to my peers, they call me spooky, spooky Mulder. I'm the key figure in an ongoing government charade, the plot to conceal the truth about the existence of extraterrestrials. Well, I would say that about does it, Spooky. It's mutated. Into what? I can't tell you what killed this man. I'm not sure anybody else could claim to either. These men have been secretly negotiating a planned Armageddon. And you have conclusive evidence of this? Yes. I'm already way past the here? I can't quit now, Sterling. I need you on this. It's a global conspiracy. Key players, highest levels of power. It reaches into the lives of every man, woman, and child on this planet. You've seen more than you shouldn't. Then you must take away what he holds most valuable. On June 19th. The impossible scenario that we never planned for? Well, we better come up with a plan. Take your greatest fear. These people don't make mistakes paranoid suspicion. We have no context for what killed those men. And your darkest nightmare. And multiply it by X. Boulder! There's no time. So much for little green man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stop it here because it goes on. This is, by the way, I think this is, was for the film, right? There's a there was a movie that was made after the series was finished, or maybe in the final part of the, the when they were still airing the last seasons, the, the, the theatrical release. I think that's actually what this uh, what this trailer is for. I'm not sure. When did this come out? You know now I'm starting to <laughs> I'm starting to doubt myself. <laughs> X-Files, um, Wikipedia. Let me see. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I was right. This, this aired actually in 1993. That's when the first season started. And this movie is from 1998, when I think the popularity of the show was uh, at its height. Um, so anyway, it's, it's unbelievable to see that a series that is so old holds up this well. Um, yeah, yeah. I love it. Anyway, um the second series is on Netflix that I wanted to uh, review and it's based on an anime series called Warrior Nun. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It has now been turned into a Netflix exclusive series. It is very strange and well, since I'm a priest, of course, I need to talk about it. First a little bit of the trailer. Yeah, belong to the Order of the Cruciform Sword. It's about women who have dedicated their lives to fight in an ancient evil world. Whoever bears a halo is a new champion, a warrior or I'm sorry, can we maybe jump to the part where any of this has anything to do with me? Hell will rise up, heaven will fall. How did our greatest weapon against evil? end up in an unbeliever. the halo is a gift you're god's champion it will enhance whatever natural abilities you already possess ladies and gentlemen we're entering a new era of enlightenment heaven does exist as i discovered a gateway to it people have tried to make me into something i'm not and is what made me a sister warrior <laughs> this is where the fighting begins so this is this is such a weird concept so apparently there is this uh, religious order made of nuns, and they are the guardians of a halo. It's not just a halo it's an angel's halo <laughs> and it is actually a thing it's an object it's this this luminescent circle that you can give to someone and it enters your body and gives you superpowers turns you basically in a in a a superhero immortal as well the halo apparently also gives you or well life that can make you resurrect and that happens to the protagonist the girl who is the main character of the story I think her name is Ava probably a play on Ava uh and Ava is uh I think an orphan child, she died, and uh, she happened to be in the morgue of the sisters of that order. And so the sisters are attacked by satanic monsters, and then in order to protect the halo, they basically slap it on the back of this poor girl, who then all of a sudden awakes from the death, and and, and now is this you know super nun. <laughs> so weird. Uh, the series features priests and bishops and cardinals, and they all adhere to the well-known tropes of Hollywood productions in that they, you know, they they, they, they babble about in uh, spiritual language, and none of it theologically makes sense. Uh, in the trailer, you heard them say that, well, there of course there's heaven and there's hell, and now we've discovered a gateway to heaven and apparently it's this kind of portal that you can open and so there is a lot of machinery involved and i'm thinking okay the concept of heaven and hell is that it is not some kind of you know galaxy that you can transport to but heaven and hell has to do with your soul so whatever is immaterial and where you will end up depends on your choices so heaven and hell are not Physical places as such, or at least that's not the most important aspect of it. It is all about do you are you open for God's love or not? Heaven is where God is, hell is where God is absent, not because he doesn't want to be there, but because we refuse to let to open ourselves to his love. So they kind of make heaven and hell into physical entities. Uh, so by definition, no more no, no longer metaphysical uh, uh, concepts in this series, so it—it—it it, 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 it turns everything into a gimmick. So the cruciform sword, so it's this magical sword in the form of a cross, and I'm thinking, okay, the cross is a symbol of death, but it also signifies the life-giving uh, sacrifice that Christ gave by giving his life. Um, to save us all. They're just reducing the crucifix in this series to um, something cool, something kind of sounds Christian, and then we'll just uh, make the sword, and w- so we can do a lot of sword fighting. And so- Anyway, there's a lot of language in the series, um, a lot of violence, a lot of horror, um, and a lot of fighting. And, and you may think that I don't like it at all, because of all these four reasons. Well, actually... I do enjoy it quite a bit. It is a lot of fun to watch. It is extremely cheesy. It is filmed mainly with, I guess, with Portuguese and Spanish actors. Um, And I have the distinct impression that the series is dubbed. Um, So, a lot of the actors sound a little bit strange. A lot of the acting feels a bit weird. But I'm thinking maybe it is because they used non-American actors and they dubbed it later and that gives you that disconnect. I'm not sure. Maybe they were trying to speak English, but they, like the main actress, her English is so good. And yet I know that she's not a native American, or her native language is not American. Um, So I don't know what's going on there. I tried to Google it, couldn't figure it out. Um, The other thing, that makes me want to watch this is the location. This is all filmed in, I think it's Andalusia. It's filmed in Spain, in beautiful villages, amazing churches. It's it's not almost nothing is, is set. They really went to uh, to all these different places in Spain. And that gives that grounds the what you see and, and it's just amazing. I just, I love Spain and I'm just watching this because they, it's so beautiful. The The backdrops, the scenery is amazing. Um, and the fact that they filmed it on real locations also, uh, um, it kind of takes away a little bit of the cheesiness of the whole thing. If this were really filmed in Hollywood, it would have been merely kind of buffy the vampire slayer with Christian symbolism um, but th- this this is this really I think lifts it to an, to another level so do I recommend this for the hmm for your theological education no absolutely not is it fun to watch yes is this something you would watch with your kids no is this something you may enjoy if you just want to see something a bit <laughs> stupid and still fun and you want to kind of be entertained by all the um the christian symbolism that they got wrong oh yeah yeah i I can totally see myself doing a youtube series where i go over this you know warrior nun and and try to explain so this is what you see this is what it really means um i think that could be a fun series maybe maybe sometime in the future uh but anyway so warrior nun right now I think season one is on Netflix and they are working on season two may already be out Uh, I'm not sure but um, that's what I wanted to share with you let's go visit the peculiar bunch and talk a little bit about real heaven and hell Catholics rock here at the peculiar bunch we're always happy to tell you everything you always wanted to know about Catholics but you're afraid to ask can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat. What do they eat? Light bulbs. So this is one of the most asked, most frequently asked questions. What about heaven and hell? And what about this purgatory thing? Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster videos. So. As you know, and I just mentioned it, there are a lot of shows that are based on Christian symbolism and uh, all the tropes that we know. Um, But that also has a downside, and it it, it sometimes confuses us about these concepts. uh, Because when we think of heaven, when we think of hell, we think of the images uh, we think of the pearly gates in the clouds. We think of, um, you know, St. Peter with this book uh, browsing through all our, you know, Facebook feeds, uh, trying to find if we are worthy to enter heaven. And uh, when we think of hell, we think of flames. We think of uh, this abyss. Uh, we think of, of monsters and uh, all kind of uh, Mordor or whatever. Um and, and the thing is, for purgatory, we don't really have imagery. And so a lot of Christians are confused, and a lot of non-Christians are also confused about this whole idea of, well, so what is this purgatory thing? Um, I, I read a, a couple of questions of uh, of some of my patrons on the Discord channel for, for faith-related questions, and Samuel at one point was asking, what about this whole purgatory thing? And what, is this the same as limbo and... What does the Catholic Church think about, um, for instance, children that, that uh, die before uh, having been able to be baptized? Are they going to hell? Are they going straight to heaven? Uh, are they going to limbo? Um, and so I've, I've answered this question a couple of time, a times in the past years ago, but it's always good since I get new viewers and new listeners um, to just do a, a bit of a refresher. And I will try to keep it short because I tend to go very long on these answers, but I try to explain earlier on in this show that heaven and, and hell are not physical places. They are states of your soul in a certain way and they depend on your free will, on, on your decisions, the decisions that you make um in this life we are preparing for eternal life and the choices that we make um, can either open us up for love can help us can strengthen the love in us um and thereby make make us more open to god's love the source of all that love or our actions our sins can close us for love, can make us egotistical, can, can hurt other people, and thereby also always hurting ourselves at our prospects for eternal life. The more you hate, the, the less you can accept God's grace. And so uh, what is heaven? Heaven is where the saints are, and not just the saints that we know, <laughs> the ones that are depicted with a halo, which is basically a visual form of trying to indicate that that it's the light of God that shines through us. That is why these the saints, on on, and also the Virgin Mary and Jesus Himself are surrounded by halos. It, it, it looks like a sun. That's basically it's it's a symbol for God's radiation, the radiation of His love that in everyone who's holy shines through that person. It's the love that that permeates everything that these people do. It means that everyone who is in heaven is a saint, even if you don't have a statue with a halo. (laughs) The the other option is hell. It is, what is hell? It is the state of everyone who completely, 100% refuses God. There are, in the Catholic theology uh, and tradition, um, not just human beings with a soul, Uh, but there are also angels and angels are spiritual beings and since they have no body no physical body they are not um living within time but angels do have a free will but once they make a choice it is immediate and it is eternal and so what is the devil the devil is a spiritual being it is an angel who has been presented just like any other uh spiritual being Um, And just like us, humans, with a choice. Do you embrace God's love or do you refuse it? And Satan uh, is an angel that has refused God's love. Um, For what reasons? Well, biblical stories tell us about egotism, the desire for power, uh, rivalry with God, jealousy, all that um, but of course these are just stories to try to help us understand that heaven and hell are actually the result of our choices and, and, and uh, thereby giving these stories always have a moral aspect because it, the stories are there to help us making the, help us to make the right choices if you want to go to heaven act out of love choose love and you will go to heaven act out of hatred and egotism and you will be on the path towards hell refuse god cannot be where you don't allow him to be that is that is the consequence of our ability to choose our free will is a gift of god that for god had a huge risk it means that we can refuse his love it is unthinkable and yet we do it all the time when we sin we as human beings are in time so we are constantly faced with this choice and in little and big things we have to choose how we act and we have to uh, um we can choose between generous self-sacrifice or egotistical greediness um, and it is this succession of, act, of actions that will ultimately set us on the path towards heaven and the path towards hell. Is it as black and white as this in real life? No. Sometimes we, we love a lot, but we also make mistakes. We also hurt a bit. Sometimes we hurt others a, a lot, but we still do small acts of love. Even great criminals can still do loving things. Think of the mafia criminals that still love their family and their children. I mean, that's genuine. That can be genuine love. It's just that their moral compass is not working uh, the way it should be. So, the the reason that we imagine the pearly gates as being this this gate where where um, Saint Peter is checking what we did, it is be it's. Again, it's an image to help us be aware of the fact that our ultimate life, eternal life, is going to be determined by our choices in this life. So what is purgatory? Purgatory is this, uh, this state where we, are, where we die and our heart is already open for God, but it's at the same time heavily scarred by all our sins, by all our egotism. And before we can fully embrace God's love, it needs healing. And so whoever is in purgatory is already on their way to heaven, but God grants us this time, it's not really time, but this state of healing where bit by bit we can open ourselves up to God. So purgatory is actually a positive state to be in because you know that you're going to be saved. It may take some time, again, this is all... Uh, uh, our way of speaking about things that we cannot really formulate in our in our language, with our with our knowledge and our very limited uh, forms of expression. Um, but it is a place of hope, hope that one day we will be all uh, you know embracing God's love for one hundred percent. And and we have the saints in the Catholic Church as an as a proof of concept. You know, it is possible to go straight to heaven. Look at the saints they show you how. Follow their example, ask for their help, and you too can be on your way to heaven. So what is limbo? What happens to children that die without having received baptism? So for the the Catholic Church and for for Christian faith in general, baptism is necessary to, um, to, to embrace God's love. Or actually, baptism is the way in which you allow God to embrace you with his love. And jesus has ordered his apostles to go into the world and to baptize people so it's stemming straight from jesus our misunderstanding when it comes to limbo uh may be that even though this is this is the way (laughs) this is this is the way that jesus preaches that he wants us to be part of that family of god it is not the only way. God is not a prisoner of his sacraments. So what does that mean for children that die without having been baptized? Well, in the Catholic Church, we have a concept that is called the baptism of desire. If your parents desire you as a child, even you may not have even been born. You, you think of miscarriages, people that have lost their child before it was even born. If they desire their children to be enveloped by love even if they don't even know the source of that love by name that desire alone is is the road to salvation is is so that's baptism is actually a much broader concept than than just the baptism that we know from the ritual from the sacrament in in church so in in medieval theology they struggled with that concept it was like well what is if, if you can go to heaven without being baptized, well, that kind of makes baptism redundant, right? So why would we go to the ends of the world and do, put so much effort in baptizing people if you can go to heaven without it? Uh, on the other hand, it went a little bit too far to, think, to say that people would go to hell if they weren't baptized. How can a child go to hell? How can a child choose to refuse God? Of course not. And so they were like, well, there has to be something in between. And it's not purgatory. It's not this healing state. So we'll just call it limbo and just forget about it. <laughs> and then this 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 actually resulted in practices that are now judged as being completely inappropriate. But children that were not baptized, that, for instance, would die during or right after childbirth, um, they would could not be buried in a Christian burial pre- place. Uh, they couldn't get a Christian funeral because that was for people that were baptized, and so they would bury these children right outside the the burial place. And oh, the the hurt that that must, the trauma that it has caused parents. And this is actually uh, co- has been quite a recent practice. It was abolished, you know. My parents still have have seen uh, burials like that. Fortunately, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> the the Catholic Church uh, has corrected that practice. It has never been dogma, by the way. It's never been limbo has never been dogma, and this practice has never been an official practice of the church. Um it's more kind of an maybe an inability to think large theologically. So anyway, there's there's no way the Catholic Church would preach anything like that nowadays. But think of when you think about heaven and hell and purgatory, think of love. It's all has to do with love. If, if you aim for love, if you love one another, that is where you will find God. Ubi caritas, ibi Deus est, it says in Latin. Where there is love, God is there. And where is God, that's where heaven starts. So heaven is actually not just a reality. After this life, heaven is already establishing itself in this life. The more you love, the more you're already, you know, with your toes in heaven. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's go to the world of books. (laughs) When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? beginning of this year, I pledged a solemn pledge. I vowed to reach one book every week. And like many other things that you decide at the beginning of the year, I fell off the bandwagon a couple of weeks ago. And I was shocked and horrified to discover on Goodreads that I had only read 16 books this year and were in week 29 which means that I am 13 books behind. Well, it's never too late to turn around. And so what I'm going to do, it's a bit of a hack. I'm going to read a number of smaller books. So yesterday evening, I started to read all these small books that Tolkien has written. And there are a ton of them. The Adventures of Tom Bombadil and, you know, many of these smaller stories. They still count as books. And I always wanted to read them and kind of discarded them because they were so, I don't know, too small, not 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 epic enough. And, and then I started to read all these adventure uh, books that are like 600 plus pages, and very, very courageous, but maybe not the smartest thing to do, because uh, it's just too much. And uh, so <laughs> I'm just going to give you a short overview of the books that are currently on my list, and hopefully... It will take me a couple of weeks, maybe even months, but I will read one book every single week, even though I have to cram in two or three books per um, per week from uh, from now on. So here's on my reading list what I um, what I tagged as to read, and maybe maybe these can be some ideas for your own uh, reading list. Let me go to the. End of my list here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So Farmer Giles of Ham was actually written by Tolkien. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Never heard of it. (laughs) Tolkien's Ordinary Virtues. This is a book about Tolkien. Um, What else did I have? So The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. Actually, I do believe that I've read that many, many years ago. Um, what else was I reading just the other day? There was a book about a dog. I can't find it anymore. Is it on top of my list right now? Probably. Oh, yeah, there is it. Roverandum. Roverandum. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a weird book. Anyway, but there's a wizard involved. And then I also have an, an another uh, list of books by C.S. Lewis, a good friend of Tolkien, um, also, some of them are quite easy to read, uh, not too big, 100 pages a book. And I'm also going to work my way through those books of C.S. Lewis. Even a, a couple of his books from the Narnia Saga are actually quite small and an easy read. So um, those are gonna be on top of my reading list for the next couple of weeks. And of course, as soon as I've finished the book, I'll review it here on the show. Let's... Uh, Hey, a quick visit because our time is running out. I need to wrap things up. But I want to talk a little bit about science fiction. More specifically, about a new Star Wars series that was announced the other day. I've already recorded two YouTube videos about it. But uh, since not everyone that is listening also follows me on YouTube, I still want to briefly mention it here on the show. I'm talking about The Bad Batch, a new series on Disney Plus, upcoming. I see. Little aliens from outer space. And how are things in Outer Plutonia? How many times have I told you not to wear your space boots in the house? Go to shape, I mean you can donate my body to science fiction. Get your suit on! We need you So, for a number of reasons, Disney has decided to start working on the production of a new animated series called The Bad Batch. Um, The Bad Batch refers to three episodes of the final season of The Clone Wars, in which we saw, um, I think, four or five clone warriors, clone soldiers, that actually had some genetic defects. So, clones are supposed to be exactly identical, right? And the fun... Thing that Disney and Lucas did with the Clone Wars was that they gave all these clones, even though they have similar genes, or actually are identical to each other, they still have a different life story, right? So they do develop different characters, different, well, different stories, and so they humanized these. the The, the Clone Wars uh, seasons humanized the clones and and gave a depth to what we see in the in the main movies that the main movies didn't give us. So we don't really care if we see. Uh, you know, big ships being destroyed and lots of clones dying in in all these battles with the Jedi. But now that you know their backstory, um, you do do get more empathy for these clones. So the Bad Batch were a number of kind of failed clones, and they have very distinct superpowers in a certain way. So one is very technical, the other one is super strong, etc., etc. One looks like Rambo and is very inventive. Um, and then Echo, one of the clone troopers that was uh, at one point abducted by the separatists and returns in the final season of uh, the Clone Wars, joins that group of renegade um, clone warriors. The Bad Batch will continue their stories after Order 66. Order 66 is the order that the Emperor kind of programmed or had uh, programmed or had, had asked the what is it? The Camino, uh, uh, was it Camino? Anyway, the clones were programmed with a chip, and if Order sixty six was issued, the clone soldiers would start killing the Jedi, even though they were allies of the Jedi before that. And so, um, after Order sixty six, most of the Clone Wars were over, and the Jedi were being persecuted. The Bad Batch probably escaped this Order 66, maybe because they were so divergent. And uh, this this season will follow their adventures. And my theory is that Disney greenlit this series because of the postponement of a number of other big projects. A main project was The High Republic, um, which was a big commercial launch of uh, stories that took place 200 years before The Phantom Manus. And then also the Obi-Wan television series was uh, postponed. So maybe there is uh, more room in their schedule. Um, Hence the order of this Bad Batch uh, animated series. Just to fill in the gaps. Keep people busy and keep the fans happy. There are some risks to this uh, decision as well. If you want to find out which ones, check out my YouTube video on youtube.com slash Father (laughs) Roderick. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you've plugged in a new device and it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built. Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. At the end of this show, I want to talk briefly about something that is just around the corner for most of us, but for some of you, it may already be available. I'm talking about Instagram Reels or Facebook Reels. This is a feature of Instagram that Facebook is preparing to roll out in more than 50 countries in the weeks to come, or maybe even days to come. And it is a direct rival of the... um, kind of controversial TikTok app that has stormed the world about a year ago uh, from a Chinese company and is now under fire from a lot of um, privacy uh, watchdogs and also uh, is being investigated by the American government and there is talk about a ban of TikTok because of security issues. I uh, expanded upon that, um, I think, last week in my show. So if TikTok is being banned from a number of these big countries, uh, of course, the creators are still there and they want a platform. This is very similar to what uh, Facebook tried to do when um, Snapchat uh, was, was uh, d- is starting to feel the pressure from, you know, there were a lot of issues with Snapchat, privacy issues, Um in Europe, there was quite a bit of criticism on the way Snapchat was, was gathering information and metadata. And so Facebook was like, well, we can do that. And they built a copy of Snapchat in Instagram. And they try to do that with many other, uh, um, whenever there's something popular that they can copy, they will do it. And so they've been working uh, uh, to create um, basically a TikTok copy it is. It's called uh, Instagram Reels, and it works exactly the same. You scroll up, and you, you, the algorithm will uh, start to gather information on what you like, and will present you with uh, new content. This is all very short-form content—fifteen seconds, a little bit of music in the background. Um, it's really made for for uh, teenagers, probably, or it's targeting teenagers, just like TikTok is doing at the moment, and Snapchat did. Uh, a while ago. Um, And of course, the big question is, are people going to use it? Well, right now, it is limited to countries like Brazil, India. I think it launched in the UK recently, but uh, some of you UK listeners may be able to give us some more information on that. And as I said, Facebook is ready to roll it out to the rest of the world now that TikTok is in jeopardy. And um, there is one thing that may that may cause this to fail. And it is the fact that it is built as a function, as a feature of Instagram. Now, I know that Instagram has millions and millions of users all over the world, but they're using it for Instagram. They they tried with stories to give it uh, a bit of a Snapchat functionality. Actually, they copied almost everything that, that people use Snapchat for. They copied it to stories. They tried to plug stories also on Facebook profiles and that didn't really work. Now they're adding Reels, the TikTok clone, to the Instagram interface in the same way that they did with stories. And I wonder if that's gonna work. What I like about TikTok, and there's a lot to like, in addition to all my reservations that I have, is that it is just as you you launch it and you start watching. It's that easy. In Instagram, you really have to look for it. You have it, It's not, the user interface of Instagram is a mess, it always has been a mess. And so it is not that easy to access. And I think just having that threshold at the beginning of the experience may actually cause this to fail. The same happened to that, I don't even remember the name, the the video that they added, the short form vertical videos, IG, was it IGTV or something like that? I mean, it's almost impossible to find. When you go to Instagram, usually you start watching um, uh, a video and then it says after a while, you want to continue watching this, go to what is IGTV, I think it's IGTV, right? IGTV, when was the last time I launched this app on my phone? I think it's like half a year ago, and I don't think it ever it ever became a hit. So that is always the kind of Facebook is very good at copying stuff, but it doesn't do what Apple does. Apple also looks around and looks at what is what are people using, it copies it, but also improves on it and makes the best version of it. Facebook is usually stopping at cloning. And then they kind of hide it somewhere in, in one of their existing apps. And I don't know why. Facebook has all the abilities to, to make it much bigger than TikTok. They have the platform. They've got the users. But they, for some reason, always want to kind of put it as a feature in some other app that people use. I don't know about Reels. I will definitely try it out. But um, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be a hit. What could also happen is another scenario, and that is that TikTok becomes more transparent, and because if they are banned from the United States, that's also gonna be a massive um, economic problem for them. So maybe they'll they'll come around and they'll start improving their privacy. Uh, um, well, the privacy in general of that app. I, that, that's what I hope. I hope that, uh, well, because TikTok is very promising and I don't want Facebook to have all my data as well. I like the diversity, and, you know, the world is not going to be necessarily a better place when Facebook has all the cool apps. That's just my opinion. Let me know what you think in the comments. Thank you so much for listening or watching. If you want to catch me live, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash If you are a patron, then... You can get ready for another episode of Father Roderick to the Max, which is my weekly show exclusive for those of you that support me. And uh, we'll talk about barbecuing and grilling and much more. So uh, check out patreoncom patreon.com.fatheroderick. Thanks. God bless. May the force be with you. Live long and prosper.